Welcome to Career Tools. This week, DISC. I'm a combination. The questions this class answers are, I have two high numbers in DISC. What does this mean? I'm a combination profile. What do I do next? And is being a combination profile better? If you're a manager, you need Roadmap. All licensees of manager tools have access to Roadmap, an app on your phone that guides you through every step of the Trinity rollout process, no more annoying emails, and allows you to monitor and measure your implementation of one-on-ones and feedback, and soon coaching and delegation. Few clicks every day, everything you need to know about rolling out the Trinity and becoming a more effective manager. Kate, anybody's disk profile is a series of four numbers uh, between one and seven. So you can be 7711, you could be 2257, any combination thereof. Any number that's above five, we call high. And what that means is the person with a high number in that letter or that part of the profile is much more strongly likely to use the behaviors that we associate with that letter than if they had a low number. So if you're a seven as a D, you're much more likely to act like a D than someone who has a one in the D dimension. And some people have two letters that are high. So they might be, as I just said, 7711, which is what Mark is, which is a high D and a high I. Uh, You can be a high D and a high C is quite common. A high S and a high C is common. A high I and a high S is, it's not as common, but it's possible. And it's absolutely possible to be a D, S, and an IC. They're just really rare because those are quite different. And we're going to go into those in a minute. But for some people, they have two high letters. Now, some of the behaviors of a D, like making fast decisions, are the opposite of what a C would do, which is Cs like to have all the data and make a decision in a very measured way. And so if you're a DC, you have these two opposite things going on. So the question then is, how do I do that without breaking in half? Somebody once told me the secret is coffee, but there are some other things that are going on too. And that's what we're going to talk about in this guidance. So the first part is going to be a lot more on how DISC works and what it means to be two high profiles. And then we're going to talk about some specifics about how to deal with that in the workplace and be successful with it. Absolutely. We're going to cover your profile, paying attention to what feels right, paying attention to what's effective, playing to your strengths and mitigating your weaknesses. Which is the same for everyone. It's just a little bit harder if you've got too high profile, uh, too high numbers. It's just, it's harder to get your head around, I think. But once you've got your head around it, it's easy. I agree. I think the biggest thing is being aware of what your profile means and then understanding how it tends to affect your behaviors so that you can just monitor those and track them in a way that helps you to be effective at work. Because really your DISC profile is just a measure of your behavior. So when you use the instrument, when you use the tool, you're first asked 28 questions about behaviors that you're most and least likely to exhibit. So things like whether or not you would 
move quickly or move slowly, stuff like that. And once you use the instrument, the result is a numerical representation of each of the four letters, which we talked about a minute ago, right? D, I, S, and C in that order, right? Disc. And it gives you those those numbers from one to seven. And that's what your profile paperwork shows you if you do it, if you've done a disc profile, it shows you those things. And so maybe your numbers are seven, one, one, two. And that's high D, seven, high I, one, S, one, and C, two. So specifically, this one is just high D because there's only one number above five. The higher the number, the more likely you are to exhibit those behaviors or behaviors that fit into the range that are ascribed to that letter. There's certain behaviors that go with each letter, each tendency. And so if you have a 7112, then that profile will act like a high D because, again, the 7 is the D letter and it's above 5. Any letter on any of those four where you have something over five is what we call high. And you're likely to take the actions and exhibit the behaviors that go with that letter. Is it five and over? Yeah. It is, right? It's five and over. So if it's if it's five, it's still high, even though five technically isn't over five. Yes, we should be more precise about that, I suppose. Yeah, it says five, six, and seven. Those are high. So anything under five? then we call low and you're less likely to act in that dimension, in that specific letter profile, if you're under five. So that's kind of a, a like a rough explanation of it. In the model, there are really two measures that people are judged against. There's the willingness to be assertive and focus. High D and high I, D and I, are associated with assertiveness. S and C are the opposite. They're representative of reservedness. D and C are task-focused, and I and S are people-focused. So those are really the two things. And there's a ton of stuff about DISC out there. If you're interested in learning more about DISC and what the tool is measuring, all those things. But we could make this, I mean, this cast could be from now until the end of time with all that stuff. So yeah, we must have... 40 or 50 casts on disc now and and uh, if you're still wondering what disc is and you want to take your disc before you listen to any more you can go on the website under products and disc profile is on is on there i think it's 60 dollars now obviously the price changes so it depends when you're listening to this but i think it's 60 right now and it's really really useful everybody i know who took disc says it changed their life so it's definitely worth 60 dollars it is. It's really powerful. And it doesn't just tell you things about yourself. It tells you things about others that can help make you effective. Absolutely. So let's go back. So D and I are associated with assertiveness. S and C are reservedness. D and C are task-focused. And I and S are people-focused. And D stands for dominant, right? These people are assertive. They speak loud. They speak fast. They have no problem making a decision (laughs) and they're task focused, right? There's two parts. They're working through their to-do list and they don't want to be distracted, right? These are the people that come into the office every day and they have a list of things to do and 
That's what they focus on all day. That's high D. I stands for influence. These people are assertive, same as the high D, but they're people-focused instead of task-focused. They will get a bunch of people together to brainstorm before they make or work from a to-do list, right? They're, they go to work to be around the people who work there, and that's not the same thing as having a, a to-do list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although it's not to say that any profile is you know, better or worse at getting work done. We just all do it differently. Or that an I can't have a to-do list. Some eyes do have to-do lists because they've worked out that having a to-do list is effective. What we're talking about is the natural behaviors, the things that you fall into when you're not thinking about how you're behaving. The things that you do, you know, when you're just relaxed and not really thinking about what's going on around you, the things that you do naturally. And you can look at other people. If you if you go into Starbucks and you look at people, you can see the differences in the way they're acting just drinking their coffee. And some of those differences are accounted for through DISC. Mm-hmm. So we'll do the other two right now. So the, uh, the other two are S and C, and they're both reserved. So an S stands for steadiness. S is a people focus, like the I, but they're also reserved. So if you're talking to a high S, they will stop talking when you interrupt them because the rules of polite conversation say that when someone else is talking, you should listen. And I won't stop talking and I will just carry on and you will both be talking at the same time. And that's absolutely fine for the I and S doesn't like that because they're much more reserved and they're concerned with the welfare of other people and the group. C stands for conscientiousness. And these people are reserved like the S. They too will stop talking if they're interrupted, but they're task-focused like the D. They like complex tasks that they can do alone. That's why a lot of software engineers are high Cs and software is engineered in chunks. One person does a chunk and then you put all the chunks together and that's what makes the program. And it's just because most of the people who do that work are high Cs and that's how they like to work on a single complex task where they don't need to talk to anybody else and they're just doing it on their own. So some people will have one of those letters, there'll be a high D, a high I, a high S or a high C and in this class we're talking about people who have two of the numbers which are high. Mm -hmm. So if this is reflective of you, right, you might see that your score has two numbers that are five or above. So you might have 7117. And maybe this, uh, maybe this reflects you, maybe it doesn't, but we're going to use it as an example. So a score might be 7117, and that would mean that the D and C are high. Another common score is 7711, which would mean that D and I are high. These two letters in each case have a commonality. The D, C have task-focused in common, right? If you're a combination D and C, both those dimensions have task focus in common. D and I have assertiveness in common. If you're high D, high I, both of your dimensions have assertiveness in them. If you have two letters that you're high in, it's most common for those letters to be adjacent to each other. So they'll either have assertiveness as a preference or focus in common. 
we should make clear they're adjacent in the image that's used for disk. They're not adjacent in the number. So 7117 is DC, and they are adjacent in the image that we show of disk, which shows uh, the hemispheres broken up so that we can clearly see assertiveness and uh, focus. So the numbers don't actually need to be adjacent to each other, but they're adjacent in the diagram. And the fact that they're adjacent in the diagram represents the fact that those two letters do have some kind of commonality, whether it's assertiveness or reservedness or task focus or people focus. Some people are DS or CI, but it's much less common. Three high numbers is also possible, but it's much more likely than that the test has been taken incorrectly than that someone actually has three high numbers. It's not to say it can't happen, but usually three high numbers means you might want to retake. And when we say incorrectly, it's usually that people have thought too much about the questions. Uh, the best way to take DISC is to go with your gut instinct about the question and just keep moving. Do it in, it's 28 questions, you can do it in 30 minutes and it's done. If you took an hour and you get three high numbers, it's almost certainly because you, you were thinking too hard about the questions and therefore you've got a really iffy result. Exactly. And all of this is based on what you would do when you're not thinking about it, which is why we want to make sure that you're thinking through it with your instincts as opposed to not like reading each word really carefully and thinking really hard about its definition and things like that. All of this is based on what you do instinctually, what's your first impulse, your first idea. And no matter your score, you can behave any way you like if you think about it first. You can focus on your behavior and think in a way about your behavior that will allow you to behave effectively. So let's cover those parts, right? Let's cover how to do that. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to talk about paying attention to what feels right. So if you're an assertive task focus D and a reserved task focus C, how does that work out, right? How can you be assertive and reserved at the same time in the same person? And the answer is that you're not. The answer is that you activate a different set of behaviors according to the situation. So if you imagine a continuum with D at one end as the maximum assertiveness and C at the other end with the maximum reservedness or, or said oppositely, the minimum assertiveness. So we've got this, this uh, continuum of assertiveness, D is at the maximum, C is at the minimum. The DC does not fall in the middle. It's not an average of those two ends. What happens is that some, sometimes you will act like a D at maximum assertiveness, and sometimes you'll act like a C at minimum assertiveness. So let me give you an example. We see DCs in professions that require accuracy, like accounting and architects. And what happens is we see them being reserved when they're still looking at the data. So if you give an, uh, uh, an accountant uh, the documents that represent the finances of a company, a P&L, a balance sheet, an aging summary, if you just give them to them and they just flick through them very quickly and you say, tell me how healthy this company is, they won't tell you. They will say, no, I'm sorry, I have to read the data first. I have to be sure that I'm giving you a good result. And they will read the data and make sure that they've come to the right conclusions 
And then when you say to them, how is healthy is this company? They'll say, it's poor. And if you ask them why, they'll defend that in the same way that a D would defend another decision, because now they're sure about the data. So when you first give them the data, they act like a C, they go into the details, they won't make a decision, they hesitate, they go slowly. And then once they're sure, they go fast and they'll be assertive like the D. So what they do is not what's in the middle of the continuum, is at both ends at different times in the project. In the same way, a high D, high I will not flip-flop between their D and I tendencies. A high D, high I manager will be assertive and task-focused when managing the work that needs to be done. However, in breaks or at lunch, maybe at dinner, their people focus will come out and they will be the life and soul of the party. At no point, though, will they be reserved, right? High D, high eyes never hold back. Never. Never, never. So the first task, then, is to take note of your own behavior. Your natural tendencies will feel right in certain situations, within the situation. And knowing the two numbers that you're high in, think about your behavior and what feels right in different situations. In meetings, are you assertive or reserved? When you're in a one-on-one with someone, are you focused on the tasks you need to do or are you focused on the person? Do you make decisions easily? In what circumstances? When you're working on a task, would you rather work alone or in a group? Is it different based on the task? These are all questions to ask yourself when you're thinking about your profile and how to be effective, and what's right for you in certain behavioral situations. Next is pay attention to what's effective. And we said earlier that you can behave any way you want to when you think about it first. If you doubt us, if you doubt this, think about the way you act in church and the way you might act at a rock concert. Even the loudest people are quiet in church, and the quiet of a, quietest of us get at least a little bit louder at a rock concert. We all have a range, and we all edit our behavior based on the situation. It's, it's kind of like the way you would change your clothes if you were going to go one place or another. I think we've, we've used that analogy before. You wouldn't garden in your church clothes. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. So once you've established your behavioral patterns, then you need to ask yourself the next question, which is a question everybody has to ask, irrespective of their disc profile, which is what's most effective? Because you know you can change your behavior because we've just decided that everybody's quiet in church. So why wouldn't you if you know you can get better results? I mean, people say, oh, I'm, I'm just me. I have to be me. I have to be authentic. But it makes no sense. Right? If being authentic doesn't get you what you want or doesn't get the best result, why would you stick with some behavior that's not working? I wish I had a better explanation that, than, of it than that, but I just can't make it make sense in my head that I would want to continue acting in a way that doesn't get me what I want. It just doesn't make sense to me. They're getting close to that whole definition of insanity, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, for example, you might be working with someone with a different tendency to you, in which case, if you change your actions to be more like theirs, 
you'll be more effective. Now, we're not talking about mirroring. We're not talking about reflecting someone else's behavior. We're talking about changing things in your behavior. So for example, if you're a high D like me, you talk fast, you talk um, loud, you talk over people. If you know to stop talking if you're interrupted, you just keep going because your voice is the most important one. But if I'm talking to a high C, then all that's going to happen if I do what I do naturally, they're going to think I'm rude, I don't listen, I'm not, not just not fun to work with, and I make rash decisions. So if I'm talking to a high C, then I think, okay, I'm going to talk a little bit slower, I'm going to be a little bit more structured. If I get interrupted, I am going to make sure that I give I pause for them to talk in the gaps because they probably won't interrupt me. And magically, our relationship improves, the conversation improves, and we get better results. And I don't really know how the magic works, but I can tell you it's magic and it works every time. It does. It's really exciting. It's one of my favorite things about people is that it does work. And so there's times when we want to edit our behavior. Maybe you could be in a situation where you're a high S and you're doing a presentation. Maybe it's more effective to use high I behaviors if we want the presentation to go well, right? That's just another example of where another set of behaviors might be effective for the purpose that you're looking for. And the great thing about it is if you've got two high letters, you actually have at least some of the other skills that you need. For a high D to act like a high S or use high S behaviors is really hard because they don't have any of the people focus naturally and they don't have any of the reservedness naturally. So it's like full on acting. Whereas if you're an IS and you get bogged down in the people problems, you know, you go to your team and you're talking to your team and you're worried about Bob and Erin doesn't seem to be getting her, not, her work done right and Bill has been off sick and you're just bogged down in that and you don't seem to be able to move forward. If you're an IS, all you need to do is activate the high I. Think about some of the times when you use your high I and make this situation into one of those situations so that you can conjole them and encourage them and move a little faster. And then you resolve that situation. You resolve the, the feeling stuckness. And the best part of it is you didn't need to act. You just needed to bring some behaviors that you otherwise use naturally to the fore in this situation. Absolutely. If we want to be effective, everybody has to do this. It's not that some people have to do it and some people don't. If a Heidi is having some trouble on a project because their high eye colleagues are not paying attention to their tasks, the solution isn't to be more high D. A high D will sit them down, show them the list, give them the deadlines. And actually that's not as effective. A better approach is to actually move towards the high I behavior. Maybe have a short meeting every day where you talk about only a couple of the tasks and help the high I find people to work with on those tasks. That's a lot closer to the way a high I would work. And since it's more likely to be something that falls within their normal tendencies, it's more likely that they'll accomplish it, right? I mean, it's another way of what we would call, I think, playing to people's strengths. And so people with combination profiles are actually kind of lucky because they almost certainly have natural tendencies towards two different behaviors. 
another way to say of to think about this is you have a little bit more ability within your natural tendencies. Everyone has the same abilities. It's just your instincts will allow you to do some of this a little easier. A high D, high I who's having difficulties with high I on a project will be able to call on the behaviors they use in other places and other situations to resolve the differences. And a pure D doesn't really have any natural people focus to call on. So it's just a little bit more difficult to find those behaviors within their tendencies. And no matter what profile you're working in, you'll have something in common with them, um, with any other profile. A high D, high I shares the task focused with the high C and the people focus with the I. Even if they have to work with an S, they still have people focus in common because that's part of their high I combination. It's as hard for a high D, high I to be reserved as it is for a high D, but a pure D has to be both reserved and people focused to work well with an S, neither of which they're actually naturally inclined to do. As a high D, I'm kind of jealous that other people have two two high things (laughs) because it's hard for me to do the other behaviors because I don't do any of them naturally. I think my profile is 7112, so I'm just, Heidi, get out my way. And it makes it much harder to be or to work with any of the other styles. I really have to concentrate. So we're talking about how lucky you are. So we're going to talk now about playing to your strengths. So lucky you, you have two areas in which you're strong and you can use either or both depending on what's effective. So we'll go through each in turn. So DI, Your strength is assertiveness. Both D and I are assertive. This strength is best used when you're forging ahead, especially in difficult circumstances. So if there's a project which looks like it's going off the rails or looks like it's going to be really difficult, you're the person because you have both the D, which will force you through that difficulty or it will allow you to make inroads, and also the I, which will mean that you bring people with you which is what happens. Ds storm the hill and find themselves at the top when nobody are all alone. Ds and I storm the hill and everybody gets to the top. So, lucky you. I S, your strength is people-focused. Both I and S are people-focused. So you can use this to create engagement and team feeling. If there's a new team and you need to need them to gel, then the I and S is the perfect person to lead them because they have all of that people focus and they bring people together. C and S, uh, your strength is reservedness. And you can see what's happening in the quiet corners, which you can use to ensure that details aren't missed. DC, your strength is task focus. And D and C are both task focus, which you can use to make a team work efficiently. Yeah, DC is the one who makes the best processes because they're super detailed because of the C, but they work because of the D. Of course, the downside of having two strengths is that you also have two weaknesses. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to talk about mitigating your weaknesses. A DI has two doses of assertiveness. An IS has a double dose of people focus. And really, in in reality, your weaknesses aren't any stronger than they are for a person with a single letter, it just seems that way. When you're thinking about effective behavior, and this goes for everybody, if you're thinking about effective behavior, one of the things you think about is what do I need to do more of? 
So if I'm a high S in a presentation, you want to have more of a high I assertiveness. You want big gestures. You want to be loud. You want to be fast. You want to have lots of facial movement. But the opposite is you want less S behaviors. So you want to be less slow speaking, less quiet voiced. You want to be less constrained in your movements. Sometimes it's easier to look at the what, what you want less of than what you want more of. It just it depends on the situation and, and which style you are, but sometimes it's a different way to look at it. So we're just going to go run through those so that if it's easier for you to look at what you want to be less of, you also have that information. <laughs> so DI, your weakness is reservedness. And sometimes you need to slow down and listen to what people say before making decisions or announcements. IS, your weakness is task focused. I and S are both people focused and you really need to focus on making sure that work gets done. C and S, your weakness is assertiveness because both C and S are reserved. You need to speak up when the train is going off the rails. It's okay to speak up and it's required of you if you can see something that's happening that is going to destroy everything. DC, your weakness is people-focused because both D and C are task-focused. You need to remember that the numbers on your spreadsheet represent people and they want to be heard. People exist in the world, annoying as it is, and we have to take account of them. So having two high dimensions is relatively common. It doesn't mean that you're a split personality. (laughs) Somehow you manage to keep both of them in you at the same time. And that gives you extra strength, but it gives you extra weakness. It gives you some real advantages over other people. And you can activate those advantages if you think about what you're doing or you think about what you're doing naturally. You're thinking about what you can do to be more effective. You make those changes. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wendy. Bye, everyone. for this week we'll be back next week with more guidance